Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are GFFN writers Eric Devin, Philip Bargeau, and Peter Bowler. Two weeks in, and the crazy world of Liga is in full spin as teams surprise us and rile us in equal measure, but there could be, be a spanner in the works already to turn French football on its head, breaking at the moment. We'll be more on that and what's happened this weekend after this week's news. Liga 1's second match day was perhaps not as action-packed as the first, but we were still treated to a handful of impressive results. Lyon hosted Caen on Friday night, and while Legon weren't as incisive as they had been against Nancy, a pair of penalties from Alexandre Lacazette were enough to see the team maintain their hold on first place on goal difference. Saturday's early match saw Monaco visit Nantes, and Leonardo Jardim's trotting out a heavily rotated side in advance of Tuesday's Champions League clash with Villarreal. Despite this, a free kick from Gabriel Boschilia on 25 minutes was enough to provide a 1-0 victory. In the multiplex, Bastia thumped a Lorient team that had two players sent off. Alan Saint-Maximan scored the opening goal with a swerving strike from different distance before Enzo Crivelli added a brace to make it 3-0 for the Corsicans. Nice continued the theme of winning on the road, Alisson player sticking home a rebound of William Cyprian's shot for a 1-0 defeat of Angers. Lille beat Lille, uh, Dijon at home 1-0 thanks to Yunus Sankare's late strike, while Rennes looked to have rubbed the rub of the green in a 2-0 victory over Nancy at the Rauzon. Blues continued their surprising start to the season as goals from Issa Diop and Christophe Julien staked the host to an early 2-0 lead in the Garonne derby before Martin Braithwaite added a brace in the second half. Isaac Kisatelian scored an injury time, but it wasn't enough to prevent Bordeaux from a humbling defeat 4-1. Sunday's early match pitted Marseille against hosts Gengomp, and while substitute Florian Tovan scored a sublime goal some 15 minutes from time, it was only a consolation as the Breton side took the three points 2-1. Saint-Étienne put their stumbling start to the league season behind them with an emphatic win over Montpellier 3-1 in Sunday's well in Sunday's finale. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain knocked back Metz 3-0 behind goals from Lucas Moura and Levin Kozawa and an injury time own goal for Le Grignet, adding insult to injury. In Ligue 2, Brest valued into, uh, vaulted apologies, into first place courtesy of a dramatic 3-2 win over Valenciennes, while Sochaux, Strasbourg and Gazelec Ajaxia were all level on eight points just below them. And if you want more insight on the French football as it happens, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this evening with some breaking news from Canal Plus that Marseille owner Margarita Luis Dreyfus has an agreement with former Lotus F1 owner Gerard Lopez to claim the club. Excuse me. Not only that, he plans to bring back popular manager Marcelo Bielsa and reportedly El Loco has eight players he wants to bring in with him. Uh, I'll give you all a moment to digest that that crazy news that's coming out, but but Philip, I'll start with you. Uh, how big could this be if Marseille get this through the door? Uh, just to just to check if we've got the same amount of information. So this is about a Luxembourg um, tycoon 
made his, uh, a lot of money in Formula One, uh, wanting to buy the club, and they are actually going to do a press conference on the 28th or 29th, which is next Sunday on, or in a week on, on Monday, with Bielsa bringing six players, um, but, uh, you know, when? Um, so this is, this is obviously wonderful, wonderful news. Uh, for Marseille, given if you watch uh, both their opening games, it wasn't it wasn't good. Actually, I was I was actually expecting them to be uh, much much worse than that. The the defense is uh, is very very poor. Sakai uh, largely at fault for Gangol's first goal on Sunday. Uh, he he loves to get forward. He doesn't really like to to track back. Hubakan and Doria not very good. Um, Basically, getting uh, getting run over by by Gagan. Gagan should have won. Just just a little little word on on Sunday's game. Gagan should have destroyed Marseille. I mean, two uh, one did not do the, the game enough uh, enough justice. Um, but you know, going forward, I, I reckon I reckon Marseille aren't that bad. They got uh, Tova and Kabila, who keep uh, doing um, you know ret having return tickets to Newcastle. We don't really know which club they're playing for, if they're on loan or not, but. Uh, well, you know, they're playing for Marseille right now. They've got Gomez up front, proven goal scorer, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of like the um, uh, the young um, uh, Cowie uh, who uh, who came on as a sub uh, against Toulouse last week, and uh, he well, I didn't play very well, but he's you know he is promising. So if uh, I, I believe if, if Bielsa is going to bring uh, new players, it's going to be uh, defenders. But uh, my do do Marseille need that? I mean, they really. I know that, and uh, I'm, I don't think uh, the current squad. I think the current squad is good enough to stay up in Liga, but that's all they've got uh, to look forward to. So if uh, Mr. Lopez, so the uh, Luxembourg, um, very rich guy, does get um, um, the club, does buy the club for Margarita Luis it, it, it you know, it can only be uh, only be good news. I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, is uh, can be also bringing new players before the transfer window shuts. That's a big question. Yeah, he's got not much time to do that. Yeah. He does have he does have people in mind. Uh, Eric, it's obviously very good news that it looks like Margarita loses Dreyfus is finally giving up the club to someone who may have the funds to to push them forward. But the really interesting news is is the potential return of Bielsa. Um, what do you think to that if he does return to the club? Well, obviously he did wonderfully well back in the 2014-15 season, at least for the first. Uh, say three quarters of it, but uh, and the team fell away as Bielsa teams inevitably do. But I'm not again, you know, as Philip rightly said, there's too many questions surrounding the defense for me. Uh, I think that Gomez, you know, yes, has enjoyed some past success in Liga, but um, you got to remember he was, I think, you know, particularly with Leon at at a higher quality of team than Marseille is at, at present. Uh, I think that uh, there aren't you know, there aren't the right pieces for Bielsa here. He wants to bring in six to eight players. Well, okay, if Lopez has the money to do this and to, to stay within uh, De Anseche restrictions and, and to deal with the financial uh, ramifications of using the velodrome and what have you, then perhaps there's some hope here. But I still don't see Bielsa or no, uh, be Marseille being able to build anything uh, impressive this season. I think that if Bielsa stays another season and is given an off-season to work with players, to have a little bit more player churn, then I think there is some opportunity here. Again, Marseille's a, a great club. I, I think that anybody who's a fan, fan of French football would want them to succeed, but uh, I think it might just be a little bit too late this window uh, in this season uh, for Bielsa to have the sort of 
um, incredible impact that he, he has had at other clubs, Marseille in particular, in the past. But again, going back to that team he had two years ago, you're talking about the likes of Gignac, of Ayu, of Dimitri Payet. I mean, these are, you know, top-class players. We've, we've seen them move on to higher levels of success after that. And Nicola Ankulu, I mean, there's Steve Mandanda, there's you know, a whole uh, entire starting 11 that's departed and and that's that's what's got to be overcome. And Bielsa might do a better job but than 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 would Posse, but uh, it's still a less than ideal situation for compared to the Marseille of say four or five years ago, or even two years ago. It's only going to be a rebuilding season anyway. So uh, if if as soon as a better, I mean, if Bielsa can get get in uh, before the transfer window shuts, even if he doesn't sign any new players, I I suppose it would have a, a positive impact on the players. Um, but uh, you know, don't expect Marseille to you know suddenly gun for for Europe or anything because that's just not going to happen. Peter, what do you think to the possible move of, of El Loco returning to to Ligue 1? Obviously, like Eric mentioned, he had a very good start to his reign at the uh, Stad Velodrome, but it, it did fall away and he did fall out with some of the playing staff. So, do you think he can really work, even though he's a, a very popular figure? Yeah, if I'm honest, um, I don't think really that that would be the right move um, if you're looking at managers and the kind of impact managers can have on clubs is Bielsa the kind of right personality that you want at a club that is effectively in a position where they could be fighting relegation rather than thinking about Europe they have been so poor in these opening games that I really don't see the light at the end of the tunnel at the moment for Marseille and I'm not sure that bringing in somebody who obviously is a bit of a football genius. Um, Bielsa has done amazing things. I can still remember his Argentina team. But someone who is not necessarily always thinking long-term, I think he showed that with Lazio, um, or the Lazio job that never was. I, I, I mean, 24 hours, was it? 24 hours. I mean, that's like a Britney <laughs> wedding, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Um, I'm not sure that's the kind of personality. I think if we were talking in terms of the Premier League and we were looking at a team who were struggling and who were um, not wanting uh, to destabilise any further, you wouldn't be looking at bringing in a personality like Bielsa's. Um, what's their alternative? I've honestly got no idea. Yeah. Oh, I think it's no. I think it's still a good thing. I mean. Um... I think it'll, it'll. It's certainly not a long-term, long-term solution. But we'll get. I think we'll get the club back on its feet, and we'll get the more of us as the fans back in the stadium. This is what is the most important because I think the ultras are going. Uh, just you know, because it's a uh, uh, sarcastic quotation marks a, a duty to go to the ground. But uh, having Bielsa, they'll be absolutely thrilled to have him. And I think he'll build something. I think he'll build something. You know, decent. Whether whether he'll still be there in five years, I have no idea. Well, almost certainly not, probably. But, yeah, but know, he's a great can, football manager. You could manager. say that for, for a lot of managers. Well, yeah, you, you could, yeah. But I, I just think to myself that Marseille look like they need stabilising. They need to stop the rot. You know, they're losing. They've lost their best players over the summer transfer window. doesn't look like anybody um, anybody promising wants to come. I mean, I saw them link with Adel Tarapt today. Tarapt? Oh, yeah. I mean... You know, they're broke. Yeah. <laughs> they can't get anyone. Well, that's why Doria's playing. You know, it's, it just can't get anyone. 
let, let's let's talk about it. We've already mentioned Eric that short term wise he might not be the best option, and this report of him possibly bringing up to eight players with him in, through the door if he can manage to get them over the line of the of the transfer window is that something that can help a Marseille really needing that many players in, or is it this just a case of let's buy as many players and just hope that something sticks to the wall when we throw it at it? I think it's a matter of who these players are. I mean, the thing is, right now the players they brought in over the summer, I think have generally been less less than inspiring. Ubicons looked all right. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. Diaby's looked all right coming back into fitness. Uh, Pele has actually looked a decent keeper. Uh, getting from get, now that he's no longer Mondanda's backup, but a lot of these other players, Rekic at left back doesn't work. Sakai at right back doesn't work. Uh, I still have questions over Tovan. I still have questions over Cabela. Um, they're decent enough players, but for Marseille to be where they want to be, uh, they're not they're they're not quite enough at this point in time. I think that there's there's really a raft of of players can help, but given the transfer fees we've seen for players over the summer uh, as as a result of the Premier League's TV deal, I think that any players of any any decent level of quality are frankly beyond Marseille's means at this point. So. For me, I'd rather see Marseille buckle down and and play a, a hyper defensive style, uh, and I I think that you know that 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 would be perhaps not to the fans' liking, but would perhaps give them a solid base going forward to it. Then in the winter window, perhaps next summer, uh, Bielsa can perhaps then start to bring 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 players through. Maybe Marseille shouldn't be averse to taking players on loan from some of the, some of the bigger clubs in Ligue 1. Leon, for example, have a glut of attacking players. I mean, I know that the two clubs don't exactly have the friendliest relationship, uh, but you know, perhaps there's a space there for Valbuena to return on loan, for example. Something like that make, makes more sense to me than trying trying to sell players, or sorry, to, trying to buy players on a permanent basis at this point in the market and with uh, the, frankly, extortionate prices we've seen for most players uh, to date this summer. Let's I actually talk. reckon that uh, Rekic has done all right at um, left back, considering who he's been playing with, so that may not be, um, you know, actually an uh, actual uh, compliment, uh, and that Diaby just cannot play in Liga anymore, just to have the legs. Uh, let's just very quickly, uh, I'll throw this to uh, Peter, just for the long term security of Marseille, obviously getting an owner here who, who will probably invest in the club is the important thing, but what should the long term plan be? Should it be reinvesting in the squad and making them the power they were, or is it stabilising and trusting in youth players? Where, where would where should they take the direction of this club for the next couple of years? I think it's got to be a mixture of the two, hasn't it? I mean, Obviously you need the financial backing, you need financial security and stability, um, but why not go and look for players that want to play for Marseille, not players who want to p play for a pay packet. Uh, Marseille is one of the most fantastic, historic clubs in, in not just France, but in, in world football. And I'm sure there are many players out there, uh, even in, in, in Liga, playing for other Liga teams at the moment, who would be honoured to wear the Marseille shirt. And I think that there needs to be a, a decent recruitment team put into that club who can locate these players, not not decent players who want huge wages or um, just desperately want to get back in the limelight naming no names. I think they need to go for players who are going to offer Marseille some loyalty and you know, try and find those Mandandas, those Nkulus. 
those kind of stable personalities who are just going to bring that club back to where it's supposed to be. Still a very big pull, though. I mean, Marseille is still is still the biggest club in the country, and uh, a lot of players would 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 dream to to um, to, to play for them. It, yeah. w- it would be good, you know, it would be good for for them to to become a bit of a um, the, the club it used to be when uh, when Lyon were dominant. You see what I mean? They, they wouldn't take the best Ligue 1 players, but they would take uh, the very decent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about uh, well, actually about Mandanda when they signed Mandanda from Le Havre, um, and Lyon, Lyon had uh, had Lois because uh, their opinion was that Lois was was better than um, than Mandanda. But Marseille still got Mandanda for I don't know, what was it five six years, great mm-hmm. great years of service. And that's the kind of I mean that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm pretty sure with an owner that actually has money or rather or shall I say. Uh, doesn't mind spending it um, in the football, in the footballing industry. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this can happen. I mean, no problem. There's no reason it shouldn't happen. And 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 just to to mention, our, our friend Mohammed Ali has just reported that Margarita Lewis Dreyfus has denied these reports that she has oh. sold the club. Um, we're, we're, that's from La Provence as well. So we'll, we'll, we shall wait and see. This is obviously only speculation at the moment, but this is something that's going to, especially over the next couple of days, is going to start snowballing. I think, but we'll wait and see. So we'll move on to matters in on the pitch now. We're we're only a few weeks in, and already, much like any heavyweight classic fight, uh, the top two are already starting to trade early blows. Um, both Paris Saint-Germain and Lyon picked up strong results against relatively little resistance this weekend, but we will start with the reigning champions, Philip. Did PSG slowly hit their stride last night in the in the second half? Uh, I was quite... Um, actually, I was probably not, uh, not surprised. It's probably not the right word. But, um, yeah, uh, PSG did look very... Um, Nervy when they had the ball in the penalty area, they didn't seem to have this kind of uh, composure. Uh, and uh, the game was extremely scrappy. The first half, especially, was uh, was ex- extremely scrappy. And and um, and Pichet didn't. I mean, there, there was there was all this uh, all these long balls to Gavani, who had a, probably his worst ever game for Pichet. He was absolutely dreadful. Um, so chances chances were made, but uh, you know, not having not having Zlatan on the pitch really did make. Uh, the players sink, and it, it wasn't just Cavani being absolutely awful. It was Dimitrov not not being particularly, um, shall we say, decisive in front of goal, uh, putting lots of shots um, off targets. Actually, made uh, made a pull half high on the on the on the uh, hashtag GFFN match zone. Are PSG going to have a shot on target in the first half? It was it wasn't it really wasn't good. It wasn't in, inspiring. And um, and with Cavani not playing well, Pastore not not being great, and uh, Di Maria being uninspiring, those three players are probably the players you would expect uh, the goals, uh, who the goals are going to come from, because who scored? Lucas Moura, who doesn't score uh, very often, he he does score occasionally, um, some important goals of course. Kozawa, who uh, could may who may well finish Pierre's top scorer if he uh, keeps going on like this. And uh, Virati, who we haven't seen in a year, so that's really three unfancied goal scorers. I think I think you had, uh, you would have had pretty good odds for those three scoring in a game against uh, Mets, who we all, uh, we actually all uh, predicted will finish bottom 
uh, bottom of the league were, um, with uh, not not uh, not a whole lot of points. But they, I mean, they they were good. They was they were quite. Uh, I was quite impressed, here, especially by Enget and and Ducouré. Kouad had a had a good game. But yeah, PSG were. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Cavani's night. That's for sure. Uh, hopefully, he'll play better. Uh, otherwise, uh, he definitely has to be sold. Uh, but uh, Di Maria and Pasto uh, were not were not as a races either. Let's uh, let's be uh, let's be completely honest. And um, I I thought uh, you know having David Luiz play play for Piaget at the back, Piaget looks so relaxed and far too relaxed. Uh, I mean Trap, it's amazing that Trap kept uh, kept a clean sheet. So overall, it, it was not a good night for Piaget, despite uh, winning 3-0. And people are going to say that that's you know part of the course. Eric, let's talk about that first half because it, it was a lot of PSG possession and a lot of... I wouldn't say Metz had necessarily 10 men behind the ball and it, it wasn't the most organised defensive display necessarily in the midfield especially. And PSG were creating opportunities but they, were, they weren't really sticking them away in that first half when they should, the way we were, at least possession-wise, really on top. Yeah, I, honestly it doesn't surprise me. I, you know... I, I've, I've defended Cavani for years now, but especially in this new situation, new situation, new system, uh, he just doesn't work. He's had it. There's, there's something I think very psychologically wrong with this player in terms of his confidence in front of goal, and it's, it's sad to see because if we think back to his days with Lavezzi and Hamšek at, at Napoli, he was fantastic. He was mm. one of the best strikers in the world at that point in time, and he couldn't miss. And even he's been decent enough at, at since at PSG. And when Ibrahimovic had a long-term layoff uh, in the fall of 2014, Cavani scored a couple important goals in the Champions League. Um, he kept he kept the team afloat in the league. I mean, you know, at that point, Marseille and and Lyon were flying, and it, PSG were, were in third place for most of the fall. But you know, Cavani's goals kept them in the title race, kept them in in the Champions League where they needed to be. And but at this point in time, it it's you know it's frustrating. Uh, from his perspective, to see him doing this because it's it's depressing and still value that the club do want to sell him, and it's depressing that the likes of Ben Arfa uh, hasn't haven't clicked in that role either, uh, and nor has uh, and nor has Hesse, who again is injured at this point in time, but and could be the answer there. I think actually might be their best option long term. But you know now the question might be you know sell Cavani and, and bring in another striker. I, it's you know there's still nine days left in the window. It's it seems like that's the best option going forward. Someone who's a little bit more dynamic, uh, you know, likes a lot more dynamic. A lot more than well, <laughs> I mean, Kalani, Kalani's movement's never been his problem for me, Philip. I mean, honestly, I think mm. he he's played decently enough when when used on the left of that four three three over the past three seasons. You know, he he's a willing runner. He's a willing worker, but his finishing is is the problem now, and that's gonna that's gonna be PSG's undoing. I mean, let's mm. face it. You know, they were, I mean. You watched the match against against Bastia the other weekend. They were lucky to get a goal there. That yeah. was a deflected, you know. And Bastia defended well. They're going to see a lot of that in Liga, and they're going to see, you know, depending on who they get in the Champions League, maybe they get somebody like a, you know, a smaller team, a smaller team that they could defend well and potentially cause an upset as well. And this situation needs to be rectified if if they're really going to have uh, the ambitions to replicate last year's success. We can't be really too worried about that because uh, you know it's uh, it's a new manager, it's a new system, and lots of uh, lots of novelties uh, novelties around. But uh, I actually 
didn't think PSG, I mean, actually um, back Metz to uh, earn a nil-nil draw last night, uh, given how, um, let's say, uh, uh, not um, not decent in front of goal. All the three players I mentioned, so Cavani, Di Maria and Pastore, were. And if it weren't for Lucas, uh, and actually Aurier played a, played a great part on the on the first goal, and he's having a, a great um, a great start to the season. Actually, they're both fullbacks, because uh, always our player of the season um, for the time for the time being. If it weren't for Lucas's goal, I don't think the fullbacks would have been open. And actually, between Page's first goal and between Page's second goal, I seem to recollect at least three uh, Kevin Trapp saves and good saves. You know, those were great. Oh, he was fantastic. Minutes. Yeah, he was great, and David Luiz was not. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, it was, a, it was appalling how how the players seemed to uh, rest on their laurels. It was, uh, and and you know, it was. It, David Luiz only honestly had the body body language of a guy saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not really bothered by football. You can go on and score a goal if you want." Yeah. He Unfortunately, Mets didn't, but uh, you know, it would have one-one would have been deserved. But Kevin yeah. Trapp was uh, Kevin Trapp is is um. He's a decent goalkeeper, and um, he kept uh, credit to him. He kept a clean sheet, but uh, it's very worrying. Um, of course, I I can uh, hardly see David Luiz um, partnering uh, Kim Pembe in a Champions League quarterfinal, say against Real Madrid in March. No, it's, I hope it's, not. It's much more worrying against the bigger teams, the way they defended, isn't it? But let's let's yeah. talk about Cavani a little bit more, uh, Peter. Do you think he's the sole issue with PSG's attacking play and and not finishing chances, or is there other areas they need to fix? Uh, no, I, I don't think he's the sole issue at all. In, in fact, I think he's just one minute part of of uh, a repetition of the same problem, which is that you've got a lot of individuals there who have all made a name for themselves on. Are performing unbelievable feats of individual skill. I mean, Ben Arfa, Di Maria, Lucas, Cavani, did these all strike you as team players? I'm not sure. I think to myself sometimes, just to pick on something that you said, Philippe, about mm. how this is worrying. I'm not sure that this is worrying. I think this is absolutely fantastic. I think a bad season for PSG <laughs> in Liga is good for Liga. I think it's about time that PSG went through a transition and some other teams out there got a chance to steal the limelight. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to them, but I think Lyon look absolutely excellent at the moment. Mm. Ah. Yeah. And we will come on to those in a moment, but what I do want to mention the team they obviously played last night, and that was Mets. And, and Philip, you said they, they, would, they played well, and, and I, I, mm. I too was impressed by... Uh, uh, Opai and Geta, I thought he was excellent. I think since we last saw him in Liga a couple of years ago with Valenciennes, he seems to have added a little bit of strength and power. He kept the ball very well. I thought um, his counter-attacking play was was very good as well. And they did a great job of, of stifling a PSG side that's tried to change change the kind of way they play. I mean, it looks like under Emery, especially in these games in Liga, they're playing a more narrower style of system that allows those full-backs to almost act like wing-backs. Um, and you saw it a lot after often Lucas would pop up in the box often Pastore might pop out on a wing or Di, Di, uh, Di Maria would appear in the middle of the park and those three were given a freedom to move around but they were much more narrow than they were last season and I thought that they did a, a Mets did a very good job of, of controlling that area and stopping them from playing too many short quick passes and I, I thought I thought they were impressed in against bigger teams they might might be Against smaller teams, sorry, they might cause a couple of problems like they did 
uh, against Lille earlier this week. What did you think, Philip? It's, it's quite ironic because I think it's um, uh, our panel. So it was a very big uh, podcast we had two weeks ago, the two-hour one, uh, and uh, also our uh, our friends at uh, uh, French Football Weekly both said that Metz would finish bottom uh, or something along the line. I don't want to put uh, any words in anyone's mouth. Uh, and actually what, what is happening is that Metz actually having a, a bright start to the season. It was a good good win on the opening day 3-2 uh, against Lille, was it? Lots of penalties in that game, I think yes, it was Lille. Yeah. Um, and uh, a very spirited performance. And uh, while Dijon and, uh, and Nancy are not having a great um, a great start to the season, I honestly I I honestly thought before, before as uh, the first goal that uh, they could uh, hold on for a one 0 win because PSG had uh, no no one to put the ball in the back of the net um, uh, to uh, uh, to put it mildly. And if you don't have that guy, well uh, you know you're not going to score. So um, it would have been, of course, uh, Piaget failed against uh, against uh, a very poor Mets, Mets side. But of course, people who wouldn't have watched the game would have said that. But really, in the first hour until Lucas's goal, they were they, they were uh, very compact in the middle. They made the game scrappy. They made the game extremely scrappy, and it was it was not particularly. Um, a joy uh, to watch if you wanted free-flowing football, but uh, this, you know, this this is what Mets came to do. They came to not concede uh, any goals, and uh, of course, it's a bit funny to say this now that they've lost three 0 But uh, you know, they made they made life extremely hard for for PSG, and they don't, you know, they've got nothing to be ashamed of from this uh, from this um, from this defeat. And you know, looking at the season, you can, you can say, okay, we played two games, uh, one one, lost one, but played well in both of them and created chances, lot, lots of chances. Had not been for a very good Kevin Trotter who scored, maybe even yeah. twice. Can consider us relatively impressed, but we'll we'll talk about their current closest challenges, and they're currently sat at the top of Liga, with on goal difference, and and uh, Peter's already mentioned how he. Th he thought they look uh, fantastic, but we'll go to the Leon expert almost in, in in Eric. You've mentioned that their selection choices are very interesting at this point in, in time, with a good amount of rotation in the in the game at the weekend. Uh, Eric, what did you think to the the victory and and their choices ahead? Yeah, I mean, I think well done. Yeah, you know, obviously scoring from open play is preferable to scoring from penalties, but we saw how dangerous Khan can be. I think the defense played pretty well, and Kulu in particular had a fantastic match. Uh, Ribas looks, uh, Magic Ribas, the Polish international, got his debut. He plays at Morel. He looks very good, very composed, uh, not overly attacking, which, you know, could hurt, could not be the best idea in Ligue 1. But in the Champions League, I think you need someone who's going to put in a shift and play in that way. Uh, I think that uh, Rafael, I still don't have a lot of confidence in. I think that uh, his attacking proclivities are leave the team too open on that side. Uh, and then, yeah, positional battles. I guess what I was coming at this from is is, is the fullback positions, Rafael versus Jale, uh, Ribas versus Morel when fit, uh, and then uh, Dardare versus Jordan Ferry. Now, Sergei Dardare was signed last summer from Malaga. He's a Spanish under-21 international, and I know Nathan was very high on him when he came in, but I think that as, ta as obviously talented as he is, he's a lovely player with the ball at his feet, uh, has pretty good vision, you know, he can score the odd goal. The, the goal against PSG last season comes to mind immediately. But I think that I, at this point, I have to wonder whether Ferry uh, wouldn't make a better replacement. Uh, and, and this is why. 
Taliso, Gonalon, and Fairy all bring a similar unity of approach. Uh, they're players who are very combative, very aggressive, uh, maybe even, in, especially in Fairy's case, a little bit too much. But nevertheless, what allows that front three uh, to have the freedom and dynamism in attack that they do is knowing that uh, if they're if they're going to pull wide or cut inside, the likes of Fairy and Talisa are there to support them, and and they're there to do it with a chippy, energetic edge, and and not be sort of this. I mean, what Darda reminds me of right now is is sort of Pastore at his worst. Honestly, he's a player who's great at the ball, can you know play a long pass when necessary, but in terms of his work rate, he can sometimes go missing. And I, I think that Ferry is a much more more energetic and battling player that I think would give Leon a, a much much more solidity. Uh, now maybe Genesio sees this as well and wants to play Ferry against a higher level opposition, but for me, it's not a good sign at this point that Dardair is being preferred to Ferry at this point in the season. I, th- I think I-, I will mention. Obviously, I've, I've mentioned that I do like Dardair, and I-, I think he started reasonably well. But I-, I also do agree with you in the sense that he's, in my opinion, probably too similar to Taliso to play both at the same time. Um, Ferry obviously offers a more combative option, as you've mentioned, and sometimes it can be overly. But um, I think, especially now with the formation that they're playing with. Uh, Corne and Fekir, now they're both fit as those wide players without their either really having the capacity to come back and defend. Uh, although Fekir's tried a little bit, they're both much more dangerous and much more advantageous to Leon being further forward in the field. That Having Dardier is maybe slightly a bit of a liability. And I agree, especially in, in Champions League games, I can see him, hopefully, he spots it as well and he's playing very... But, um, Peter, you've mentioned that you've really enjoyed Leon so far this season, and it was another a good solid win. Um, and Fakir was impressive again. It slowly he seems to be regaining fitness. What what else impressed you about Leon at the weekend? Um, I've got to be honest. Everything impressed me about Leon at the weekend. Uh, I thought they were organised. I thought they were very good. While it was nil uh, nil, uh, just to keep calm, they passed the ball well. Um, they look a lot stronger at the back. I know they've obviously lost him today, but. And Kulu looks uh, looks a, a really calming influence on them at the back. Uh, I, I just I just really like Leon at the moment. I think they look like a team who are well drilled and know what the plan is from the get go. And I think that's something that PSG are not looking like. And if we were going to be calling it now, you know. I, th- I think Leon are, are a strong contender for the title this year. If, as as you guys were mentioning, if they can manage those players and get the best out of players like Fakir, I think he's obviously going to be huge for them if they can get them back to get him back to full fitness. If they can pull off the what I thought was impossible and keep hold of Lacazette, then they're going to look like a real force. And I'm really really excited to see what they can do in the Champions League as well because I, I think I think uh, they'll take a few teams by surprise. Going back to the trio debate, um, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm very uh, much in favour of reinstating uh, Ferry next to Gunello and Tuliso. Naturally, because they know each other and they've had a wonderful, wonderful season. Uh, not last season, the season before that, 14-15, where Lyon ran PSG close, and they 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 were they were so compatible and so. 
um, organized between between themselves, so energetic and um, yeah, you, uh, yeah. I, I reckon Dade has had has had the time, but he needs yeah he needs to do much much better if he wants to to be to be a starter. But you know it is it is good also for um, Genesio to have that kind of option to uh, to uh, if if he wants to start Dade, start Dade. If uh, if the guy is not uh, in form or uh, unfit, he starts. He starts very. Um, I was um, also, also uh, just like Eric, quite impressed by the defence, and uh, I, w I would like to see another uh, Lyon PSG where Lyon actually defend. Uh, that would be that would be nice to you know that would be nice to watch because I was uh, actually more more impressed by Lyon's defence and Lyon's attack. Um, Fiki did not have a good game. Uh, Sokone was um, well, didn't make the right choices and. Um, this may sound a bit, um, you know, harsh on Lyon, but it does. First of all, let, let's. Uh, um, I'm going to say that both penalties were a bit harsh. I, I reckoned, um, but uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure they would have scored from from open play. They, I mean, they 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 created a lot, but uh, I, you know, I reckon Fikir didn't play well, and uh, that Kone made the bad choices. But Lacazette is in red hot form. And that he's going to score every penalty this season, if, you know. Uh, you know, well, well prediction. But um, the, the 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 main positive from Friday evening for me was the defense. Was Nkulu, Was Yanga, Was you know. But uh, up front, I yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't find them I didn't find them to have the killer instinct, which is uh, not worrying. I mean, come on, it's only the second game, but uh, you know. Anyway. Eric, let's very quickly touch on on Con and and they I know they impressed you at times last week against Lorient, especially Santini. It was more of a struggle against a a, a, str a much sterner opponent in this one, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think you know now seeing now how how Lorient's defense uh, distinguished themselves against Con. I think we I think we can see that Lorient might be in for a spot of trouble this season. Uh, but yeah, Con, I think against the defense is playing as accomplished as accomplished as uh, Leon's is. Connor were always going to struggle. The youngster Caramo looked really good, um, but other than that, not really a whole lot of positive to take away from this for Con. Um, you know, restricting Leon to not scoring from open play, great, but I, th I think they're, you know, like I said, they're they're going to continue to have a bit of a hard time this season. I mean, Santini looked, com you know, completely handcuffed by Leon's center backs. He was nowhere near the force he was uh, last weekend, and I think there's only going to be more of that to come. Yeah, and and results against the teams around them will be much more important this season. But hopefully, they can bounce back next week. Well, we've had a taste of Liga action for about a fortnight now, and it's probably time to get some initial impressions on a team or or a player that's impressed us, or taking giving us make us take a little bit of notice, but also shine a lot on those that have maybe made us furrow our eyebrows and wince in pain as they struggle to start come out of the starting blocks. But let's let's be positive to start start off with and I'll, I'll throw this to you Eric to start with um, I know you've been interest, impressed with a uh, forward at Bastia yeah Alan St. Maximin uh, on loan from Monaco uh, and again you know let's take this with a grain of salt Lorient don't have the best defense and and they were down to 10 men, 9 men eventually by the end of the match but St. Maximin for me is just incredibly impressive because so often we see these younger attacking players go on loan to a club that might not play as aesthetically pleasing of a style as their parent club. 
I, you know, we can think about uh, the likes of maybe maybe Bobek in the recent past from PSG, and there's other examples as well. But but Maximen, you know, has come to Bastia, and not only is he this fantastic dy- dynamic attacking player, and we saw that against PSG too. It's not it's not just a, a matter of Lawrence weak defense. But he also gets back. I mean, watching him and, and Bafuma track back and, and, and aid in tackling and, and really embrace that the, the stern defensive uh, ethos that Bastia have really, really speaks a lot to his character. This isn't a player who's just talented. This is a player who's willing to work, who's willing to earn his place, and, and I think you know, can really do special things for, for, sorry, for Bastia this season. Um, so, you know, well done to Bastia. Uh, for picking him, him up on loan. He could really be a key to a, a much more successful season uh, for them uh, than they've had in the recent past. Yeah, it's good to see him back in form, really, especially we've not really seen him this successful since uh, he broke through initially at Saint-Étienne. Uh, Philip, uh, I know we've talked about Toulouse being a potential relegation candidate at times with their, with their team, but they've, they've really impressed you over the first couple of games of the season. Yeah. Um, the performance at Marseille, they played better than Marseille uh, last week. Um, this uh, cell of um, Wissam Benyeda, uh, Benyeda sorry, has um, somehow made Toulouse a bit more uh, cohesive, I, I would think, and um, the uh, chance given to the youth last season, so I'm thinking about uh, Mr. Lafon Diop, uh, Abu, who uh, was right back against Marseille, he didn't play against uh, against Bordeaux, um, and the players have grown in in uh, in confidence and uh, up front. So that was a big question: why are why are we all uh, why do we all think that Toulouse are going to go down? It's because uh, they don't have Ben Yedder anymore to score uh, to score the goals. Uh, but they uh, with Braceweight, Trejo, and um, and uh, other players, uh, Somalia was uh, was quite good going forward as well. Um, it's uh, you know I think I think they're going to be they're going to be okay, and uh, they look yes yeah, they, they they look like uh, they don't look scared they don't look uh, okay you know, we we're going to be the whipping boys we're going to be one of the one of those sides who go down, um, they they look quite uh, resilient quite confident it's it's a bit of, it's a bit of a shame that they weren't didn't have enough um, um, shall we say belief in themselves to go on and get the three points at uh, at Marseille. Otherwise, I reckon they would have been, they would be on six points, just like Lyon PSG, which we just mentioned, and um, um, deservedly so. Yeah, and, and it's impressive to see a team uh, pick up, especially with Pascal Duprat behind them. I think they'll continue to hopefully keep up this form. Uh, Peter, oh, yeah. you, you've been impressed by a, a team that's probably played by the weekend would have played seven games already this season <laughs> in their Lever. They they've impressed you, especially at the weekend. Yeah, um, Setetiano, I think they've been absolutely uh, great to watch, um, especially considering we've been able to watch them so much, as you, uh, as you hinted at. Um, I think they, they've shown a lot of things. Um, I don't think people expected too much from Setetiano or from Christophe Gautier, but Setetiano have shown us that not only can they play multiple styles, They've played the 4-3-3 in Europe. Um, they've played it in different ways as well. They've played possession football, um, keeping the ball between those three central midfielders. They've utilised the wide players in Hamouma, Mone Paquet and Tanan. And then against Montpellier, they came out and played 3-5-2. And initially I thought to myself, my goodness, uh, Galtier's doing a Conte. He's changing everything 
and uh, you know hoping to catch the enemy by surprise, as it were. And it worked. I know they conceded a, a slightly comedy goal at the beginning, but the way that Setien reacted um, was absolutely fantastic. Um, and they've got some real talent in that squad. Obviously, everybody kind of knows about Ruffier at the back, who I think they've done very well to keep hold of. But you know, players like Mone Pake. Uh, Robert Berich looks like he's he's finally hitting some form, and uh, the young chap as well is it is Saint Louis Saint Saint Louis. Yeah, Saint Louis. Yeah, I thought he looked excellent. I mean, that was a fantastic header um, to score. I think it was Setien to 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 make it two one. Yeah. Um. So I, I think there's a there's a lot to like about this Setien side. I think it's always impressive when you see a team uh, playing and winning in multiple styles, and um, I, I I think. You know, if you're a Lever fan, you, you should be feeling positive, and um, I, I don't see any reason why they can't potentially push for Europe this season. It's very refreshing because um, they seem to be taking Europa League very seriously, um, mm. uh, uh, knocking out AEK Athens. Other French sides would have, uh, Lille, uh, oh. would have uh, not uh, not bothered with a win at AEK Athens because uh, they wouldn't have uh, wanted to play a playoff game against. Uh, Beitar Jerusalem, which is not uh, not next to Saint Etienne, um, but uh, they look well up for it. They look well up for it in the league because it was, let's face it, it was absolutely uh, awful display in the first half against Montpellier. But the second half was great, so you know it evened itself out. Um, so they look they look like they want it in the league and uh, and also in uh, the Europa League, which is great. It's always great to have Saint Etienne in the Europa League, given ju- just for the amount of people they they bring in um, in the in the away and. And they, they just love, love to travel. I'd lo- I'd love to see the Marseille fans uh, back performing as they do, like the Saint Etienne fans do, because they are a real force. And I think teams mm. actually fear going to Saint Etienne just for the atmosphere. Mm. This was this is what we were talking about uh, just before just before the show. Saint Etienne actually had a strike as uh, the fans because as the uh, North stand, I think it was when when you're watching on uh, the, the Saint Etienne game on the on the box uh, uh, behind the right goal, uh, so go on the right hand side, it was completely closed because of some flare problems. And basically, what the uh, Magic fans did, or the Green Angels, I don't know which ones. Uh, so that's an ultra group from both the two major ultra groups from Saint Etienne. They went on strike. I, I, um, PSG used to do that, uh, you know, back when uh, PSG were uh, finishing 16th. Um, they uh, they just go ultras just say we're not we're not going to sing for the first first 15 minutes, and it makes all the difference. It makes absolutely all the difference because Geoffroy Guichard is absolutely working all the time thanks to those uh, ultras and with the ultras going on strike with first of all one one ultra group not being there and the other one going on strike for the first 15 minutes it really looked it really sounded like a, like a morgue. It was and it didn't really help the players and I think that's why the players didn't weren't really that motivated because they do they do look they they, they look so much better in the second half and it's it's almost like uh, the, the fans the fans orders them not to play well in the first half but uh, <laughs> they say okay you can you can have fun in the second half if you want which it's is great I mean thought, isn't it? yeah it's yeah. a crazy thought that fans have good. so much power but actually. I can remember maybe maybe two years ago now, whopping, w- watching a a Copa Nacional final. It was Napoli against Roma, yeah. And the the absolute scenes at the beginning of this game where the Napoli fans essentially just wouldn't let the team play. And it's it's it, but it is it's amazing how much fans can uh, can affect the morale of a team. And and I think the 
if you want to look at the real posit positives of Liga compared to other European leagues, is that the fans are just out of this world. Yeah, and it, it was a, to, it was very strange to see the Stade Jafar very quiet for, for part of that game. But we'll, we'll turn on to the negatives now. And uh, I'll start with you, Eric. Uh, and it's, it's Bordeaux with new managers, new players, but same old story. Yeah, I mean, this was a defense was an issue issue under um, sorry under Leisano. Uh Defense is an issue again, and they're they're bottom of the table, joint with Lorient. Uh, six goals conceded and four scored. And again, you know, you always have to take derby results in isolation. Sorry, in isolation. That that is the Garonne derby they played this weekend. Um, but there just seems to be a lack of focus. I mean, you know, Palois red card obviously doesn't help matters, but it's this team's got to get it right and got to have, you know, I love these young attacking players, likes of Malcolm, Gaetan Laborde, uh, Adam Unas. They're fantastic to watch going forward, but uh, if Gorbanek doesn't set this team up with a more obdurate defense, uh, a more focus in central midfield on protecting the back four, uh, then Bordeaux are going to suffer, and they shouldn't be, because there's simply too much talent at this club. Um, for you know, especially having brought in the likes of Menez and Tulalong over the summer, for them to do this, you know, maybe there's something to be said for for the the goalkeeping situation. Obviously, that Prior doesn't seem to be at the races exactly either. Uh, the Carrasco sets to come back. Maybe that could help matters, but uh, Pablo as well. But it's just really too frustrating for me to to think about uh, the talent that's frankly going to waste. Uh, with this group of players. Yeah, and they needed to really kick on after the result of the weekend. Um, Peter, a side you follow very closely is, is in Lille, have, have been middling in the Europa League at best, but they've not impressed you in Liga either. No, not at all. Um, I really worry for Lille. I, th I think that if they don't start to... Um, or if Antonetti doesn't start to find some fluidity in his decision making, that they really might struggle. I mean, I know they they picked up their first win in uh, of the season um, against Dijon, but it was a far from convincing performance. Um, it was all the same mistakes again. Defense didn't look organized. Uh, Dijon were finding gaps all over the place, and uh, there were just so many managerial decisions that Antonetti makes that that, that really just mystify me. I, I don't know why he plays with. Two, he, he plays a three in midfield, a four-three-three. Three. So you think to yourself, okay, what three players do I need in there? I need a defensive midfielder to cover the defence. I need a creative midfielder to set the wingers going. And I need an attacking midfielder. Now, that's pretty basic stuff. Antonetti plays two defensive midfielders in uh, Sankari and Amadou. And then Amal Fintano, which, uh, who I, I don't... I don't know what his role is. I don't know what he's offering to the team. I think there were there were times when players were just wildly out of position as well. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys watched it, but the amount of times that you saw Edair out on the left wing was just really, really unusual. And I think they don't start to buck their trends a bit and, um, and find some different ideas and some different ways to win, then they could really struggle. I, I, I'm surprised that especially after his performance um, the other week that Ronnie Lopez didn't get a look in again because um, he looks like really the only bright spark in this team. But, yeah, a um, bit of a shame that I had to had to sit through that whole game, actually. But, hey-ho, you win some, you lose some, don't you? 
Yeah, that's the struggle of being a league on fan sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? I think. But uh, uh, Philip, we've already mentioned them this evening, but and you've already mentioned your brief worries about them. But Marseille, especially if <laughs> if that deal doesn't go through, are you fearful for them? No, as I said, I don't think this uh, this side won't go won't go down. I think up front they've got enough. But uh, uh, I was actually quite uh, quite impressed by Pulley. I think he's he's having a great good a good start to the season, and uh, certainly Marseille would have uh, uh, lost uh, uh, three or maybe four one to um, to Gargon had Pulley not make some very good saves. But you know they did score out of nothing, um, and uh, that is quite, I mean, that is something, it's not something that, out of, uh, scoring out of nothing is not a lot of, uh, not a lot, not a lot of, sorry, Liga sides can uh, can do that. But uh, yeah, it's a defence, uh, Sakai is, um, like I said, is far too, uh, far too uh, eager to go forward, and not uh, not track back, Dorian Huberkan, especially Doria, getting absolutely owned by by Brian, just 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 on the run. I mean, Brian is is a, is a fast player. He's he's a bit always still. He's still a very good player, and uh, Gagnon were good uh, going forward. Um, but uh, the big one thing I just do not understand is why is uh, Abu Dhabi playing. I just don't understand it. You've got you've got uh, one of the best central midfielders in the world in Lassana Diawa playing next to someone who just isn't fit to play in Liga. Who'd you rather it, have? It's just uh, actually. That's an issue, uh, Philip. I, I mean, I I, I my, my cash my cash my cash didn't seem too too bad when he came on. And frankly, I'd rather have something young, something someone sorry, um, uh, than than um, someone who's uh, who's just not going to get better with age. It's just, I mean, he and he he just loses every ball. He got absolutely uh, demolished yesterday by Diallo, and we don't know if if Makash uh, uh, is is that bad. It's just, uh, and and he and Passy knows that it's not working. Passy knows that Diaby is is not is not um, is not playing well. And uh, the worst part is it didn't it didn't strike me against Toulouse, but it struck me against Gagan is that Diaby plays uh, a bit as a box to box. Which is uh, quite a physical, uh, physical position, and Jao is forced to play uh, as a defence shielder, which uh, really is a complete, uh, a complete waste. I mean, Jao, uh, especially as in his uh, captaining role, should be, um, should be having uh, more responsibilities, and uh, you know he's just, uh, he just had to, to stay in front of the defence in the first half, and of course when when he had a bit more of the ball, Marseille were able to play a bit more football. But it's just, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. And if anything, if if Bielsa does does come, if the deal does come through, and I, I honestly hope it does. Honestly, I think we all four of us do. Um, it's just uh, buy buy uh, buy a central midfielder, a good a good league and central central midfielder, because they really need one. Really, Shake really and do. Shake and That's what they yeah. need. It's that, it is that kind I would of have said Florent Belmont, but you know he just swap uh, swapped sides. Yeah, and um, he probably won't. Well, Saive is no longer an option now, right? He's gone to Saint Etienne. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the Newcastle loan train going. Yeah. <laughs> they are running out of options swiftly, and that, I just want to mention a team that um, I have a little bit of a fear about at the moment, and that's and that's Lorient. I mean, they started very well in their game against Caen a week ago, but three red cards in two games is um, utterly mind-blowing. I mean. If I was the manager, I would be tearing my hair out, kicking bottles everywhere, 
players wouldn't be able to touch each other for the next week because I'd be too fearful that someone might get themselves sent off again. It's uh, frankly bizarre that you get that many players sent off in, in two games. And with suspensions and players, like, especially someone like Didier Ndong, so important to them in that central area, they, I worry about them. I can see them scoring goals, but they're, they're, they're clearly not disciplined enough to um, defend or stay off... Um, too vigorous of a challenge, and, and it, it was poor this week as well to, to lose um, so poorly against um, excuse me against Bastia, who who were impressive, but they're the team teams in Liga, those ones around you, you need to beat to stave off uh, relegation. And uh, unfortunately, I'm worried for them a little bit. I do want to mention another team, Eric. I, I hope you can uh, mention this for me. The ones that impressed me is is Gangomp. How how have you seen them over the first two weeks of the season? Oh yeah, they've been fantastic. I think that um, you know playing this this sort of four four two with Salibur and Coco wide um, again, Conboy is giving giving a chance to these younger players. Uh, Diallo and Doe look very solid. I mean, Doe I think was really the, one of the unsung heroes uh, when during his time at Not. Um, Prevot and Brian look up to their old tricks: uh, energy, movement, pace, ability on the ball. Uh, Sorbon and Kerbrat, Sorbon and Kerbrat look solid as well. Uh, I would say uh, Janssen looks an up an upgrade on on Loso in uh, goal. So yeah, I mean you know I, in the previous show this may come back to haunt me. Haha, uh, I had picked Gangump to be you know a possible outside shot for Europe. You know I I, I gotta say I, I think I I, I want to continue to stick by that. They're you yeah. know they they've got the dynamism in midfield. They've got uh, younger players can be a bit of a wild card. Uh, their next two matches are are home to are at Nancy and home versus Montpellier. Uh, we could see this team have ten points after four matches, uh, and then you know maybe maybe we start to take them a little bit more seriously. Yeah, and it's, I've really been impressed by the development of Marcus Coco, who was good last season, but he, he seems to be finally hitting that stride that we maybe expected of him, and and he's becoming a really exciting player. But that's that's all we have time for this week. It's been a jam-packed show. My my thanks to Eric, Philip, and Peter, and to all of you listening at home this evening. Uh, join us on Thursday for the preview show hosted by Mr. Devin himself. And remember to tune in the same day, same time next week. Uh, Abianto and goodbye.